What's going on? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Success is Within Reach podcast, season four, episode six, questions from the audience. As always, when we do these episodes, I got my brother with me, Mr. Corsig. You, what's going on, sir? Oh, man, we all good on this side. Uh, We are fighting this Texas heat right now. Um, and what I really need to happen is, is it for the stop raining so my grass stop stop growing? That's what I need because I'm cutting that thing about every week. Oh man! <laughs> oh well, for those of you uh, that are new to the show, uh, we do several of these episodes every season uh, where we take questions that have been sent in through our SIWR community. Um, whether it's comments dropped or DMs that have been sent in through the Facebook community, Instagram page, or what have you. We answer them live on air. And Corey and I always come, no filter. We give it to you straight like you ask it. And we have fun fun on these episodes. We have a lot of fun. Uh, So today, a lot of the questions that have been sent in over the past couple of weeks, people have been sending in questions really to learn more about us, to pick our brains. We talk a lot about relationships or um, podcasts. We talk about entertainment. We talk about um, business and entrepreneurship. So, you know, we notice a lot of people, they're like, man, y'all don't answer questions about y'all. So I said, okay, cool. Put them all together. Got a bunch of questions today where we can talk about a little bit of everything and we're gonna have some fun this evening. Um, as always, you can join in, submit your questions live and in the comments at www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. One more time at www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. All right. So the first question is coming from Andrew. Andrew says, what are your favorite podcasts to listen to? Ooh. Um... So I, I'm going to be, can I be real with you, Shannon, real quick? Like, I mean, of course the answer is yes, but I stopped listening to a whole bunch of podcasts. Like I was in my entrepreneurship journey and I was listening to 3000 podcasts at once. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like overkill on the info that I was getting. So I'm going to give you all my top ones that I'm listening to. Um, so it's the pivot is number one, right? I like perspective. I like listening to athletes. I'm a former athlete. Um, they talk about real stuff and like real, it, it almost kind of like humanizes the people that they talk to. Um, I also listen to, I've been in real big into my fitness. So I listen to this other podcast called uh, Mind Pump. Uh, real interesting information that they give, right? Like just practical information, how to get in shape, different nuances of the fitness industry. Um, if I, I'll be honest with you, if I ever want to become a fitness expert, I know how to do it now. Because uh, they, I mean, they talk about everything from, from if you want to get in shape all the way to if you want to make money on social media being a fitness guru i guess you could say um, okay. and then i would say my third one i tune in the eyl every now and again um and it's really let me let me rephrase that it ain't even eyl because i listen to them a little bit but it's successful within reach hey let's go and i just gotta plug it <laughs> I mean, I may not watch it. I may not watch it the day that it's there, but I do catch up where I'm cutting that grass or I'm doing something. I'm cleaning up around the house. I'm going to catch up on that thing. Um, And the reason I want to plug it, too, is not because I'm on here, but it's also because so many podcasts have. It's just all these famous folks that's always just trying to talk about their rich stuff. And I ain't really trying to listen to that. And I think we get real information from here, from whatever guests you have on here. No doubt. No doubt. I appreciate that. 
Uh, let's see. So for me, of course, um, you know, like so many other people that's in the business of entrepreneur space, Earn Your Leisure is such a dope podcast. Like those guys, um, not only do they make business principles and, and money principles practical, but I can appreciate just their journey. Like I remember when they started out and then looking at now they have a million dollar podcast brand. And it's, it's just amazing to see their journey over the past couple of years, how they stay consistent more than anything. Like there's a million podcasts that have come and gone, you know, but for those that really believe in their goals and believe in their dream and what they're building and they know that they're giving value to their audience, you know, to show up when you got two two people watching or two people streaming per week to 20 people to 100 people to now you get a million downloads a week. Like it's, it's just awesome to see their growth, man. And like I said, the value that they provide is top notch. Um, being a, a huge basketball fan, um, I listened to uh, was it All the Smoke um, with uh, Kevin Jack and Matt Barnes. Like those two guys are just as hilarious on the podcast as they were on the basketball court. But they talk about a lot of real topics, um, incorporate sports with it, you know, and they they just keep it real. Like I'm all for transparency and being honest with people and not sugarcoating anything. Um, you know, there's this new podcast called Elevation Change that I started checking out. What's you that know about? What I mean? You might want to check that out on YouTube. <laughs> uh, it's about his new name, Chorus. Y'all might want to check that out. Got a couple episodes on YouTube. Shout out to that podcast. Um, and let's see, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Um, Impact Theory, Tom you he's been doing this show for a long time now and again man the the value that you get from it the personal development and professional development man it's, it's just top tier it's top tier i'm a lot like yourself i'm not with the the glitz and the glam of just having a bunch of celebrities on talking about their millions of dollars millions of cars millions of followers like i could care less about that if i'm checking out a podcast it's something for the personal professional development so those are the ones, you know, I would say that I rock with the most. Yeah, right. I, I was going to say um, one thing I really enjoy about Impact Theory, though, because I do listen to that from time to time. I used to be real heavy on it. Mm. On Impact Theory, I like that he sometimes has guests on there, but they're talking about a different aspect of themselves. Um, he really, uh, Tom Billu, he really made me fall in love with Mark Manson. The Arthur, mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who don't know, he's a, the subtle art of not giving a you-know-what. Uh, and then mm -hmm. I think his second book is like un, Un-F Yourself. Um, yeah. And so he, he, was on a, he was on a podcast one time with Tom Billu for Impact Theory, and they were talking about general life advice, uh, relationship advice, like stuff like that, like how to really maneuver in life and stuff. When, you know, a lot of times people will go on just to kind of, we know what's coming at the end. You're trying to plug your stuff. At the end, and I, I truly enjoy that sometimes he'll have someone on there talk about a different aspect of something. Okay, okay. Um, next up, we got Jackson. Jackson says, when it's all said and done, what do you want to be known for? Ooh. it's a really um, good question. So I'm a, man, I'm going to tell y'all, man, my head is, I'm not in the clouds in the sense of like, I'm just, thinking of something that's unattainable. But when I tell you, like, I really want to be known for somebody who who changed the world. Like, I want to be known as somebody that when you hear Corey Sigu, like you 
you think about growth, you think about elevation, you think about life-changing stuff. Like I want people to think about when I'm in your city, when I'm in your country, like something is about to happen to where betterment is, is gonna happen. Like I'm trying to be in the inner cities of different of different states. I'm trying to be, and, and I think Bob Proctor said this, he said his goal was to build a school a day in Africa. And I was like, ooh, I'm slacking. And that's that's where I'm trying to go. Like I'm so I'm like leveling up. I'm like, not only do I want to build a school, I want to then maybe maybe fund like top flight teachers to go over there and really pull into like teachers there. Like um, that's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm really just trying to be to, to be thought about as man, this this guy changed the world. Mm-hmm. Um for me, it, I guess at each stage in my life, if you ask me this, I'm gonna give you a different answer. Um, but at this stage of my life and being, you know, a husband now, I would say, you know, want to be known for being the best husband possible. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of what I do, it's for my wife, the person that I took those hours for, you know what I mean? It's for the family and the household that we are building and creating. So, um, I want to leave a legacy for my family. Uh, you know, business-wise, career-wise, sure. You know, I have a bunch of goals. I want to inspire millions. I want to um, have someone, you know, hear my name and say, you know, as, as the quote says, because of that person, I didn't give up. You know, I want to be a person that evokes thought and everything that I do. Um, but per this question, when it's all said and done, I want to be the best husband and family man that I can be, you know, and and build something that will leave a legacy for my family years after I'm gone. Yeah, that's a real answer. And to be honest with you, I need most people, I need most people to have that answer. Because mm-hmm. everybody can be big, everybody can have these big goals and dreams and stuff. But like, it's like, if you don't take care of your house first, you ain't got, you, you know, public, public success, private failure. Exactly. Oh, oh, put that on. Somebody need to put that on their board on their message board. All right. The next one from Alexander. Alexander says, so y'all trying to get us in trouble. What do you think about the toxic social media agenda continuously having men and women at each other's throats? I mean, I just think it's viral moments. Like that's what people want. They just want the, like that, that's on the flip side of like what my dreams and goals is, is to be known for like helping people, that type of stuff, bruh. Shannon, I don't understand why we're on the internet, not we, cause I ain't, I ain't in that conversation. We're on mm. there talking about two multi-million dollar people going 50-50 on their bills. Bruh, I'm almost positive these people don't even know that the money's getting taken out. And y'all over there arguing with y'all broke self talking about who going 50-50. Come on, man. I got better things to do with my life. But it's like it's like everything is a is an alpha man or a beta man or like a submissive woman and all that stuff. I ain't gonna lie to you. Submissive sound like slavery. I need complimentary. I don't want no submissive woman. I want a complimentary woman that's gonna take care and pick up where I fall down at and she can lift me up in areas that I'm not good at or slow me down mm. in certain things that I, you know what I'm saying, that I'm moving too quick. I need complimentary. But it's like, everybody just wants to get online. They're gonna get this, look, 
And I'm pointing right here. They're going to buy this Roadcaster. I know me and Shannon both have one. They're going to get them some good mics. And what they're going to do is tell y'all what a man and a woman shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't do and all this other stuff. And again, Publix, it says private failure because if you look at their relationships that they had in life, you ain't succeeded in nothing. But you online talking about what somebody should do with their relationship. Yeah. Uh, like this, this is something my wife and I laugh about all the time. Like people on social media are crazy. Number one, um, but people got to understand social media is a business as a whole, not just the individual platform, but just social media itself is a business. And that business is dependent upon your attention. It's dependent upon your time and the more they figure out what type of post, what type of videos, what type of clickbait, which is what it really is, keeps your time, keeps your attention, and keeps you on there the longest, that's what you're going to get fed the most. Everybody's heard of algorithms. It's not a myth. That's an actual thing. Um, and the thing is, people that are in good relationships, that stuff doesn't get clicks. The people that are in happy marriages, that doesn't get as many clicks. The people that are happy being single, that doesn't get as many clicks. But the toxic stuff, the messiness, the pettiness, the agendas of, like Corey said, what a man should be and shouldn't be, what a woman should be and shouldn't be, that's the stuff that gets clicks. So that's the stuff that gets publicized. That's the stuff that goes, quote, unquote, viral, and people keep it going. Half of these people that type this stuff, they live in a completely different life at home. They'll sit there and tell you what a man or woman shouldn't be, and they don't even act like that with their own partner. It is what it is. You know, you got to take it with a grain of salt and be mentally and emotionally strong enough to not get sucked into that nonsense. You know what I mean? The people that that thrive off of that and live off of that, I got to question their IQ and their EQ. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a grown-ass man or a grown-ass woman, you're not feeding it to that foolishness on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Some stuff you see, you laugh at it, you're like, man, them people wilding and you keep on moving. But if that's all you see, I really got to question you because the algorithm, algorithm is only feeding you that which you're searching for. If I got 99% business and basketball on mine and I don't see half of this stuff, that tells you something. But if a person is only looking at people arguing, people degrading one another, people talking about that's why I'm single and it, the dating pool this, the dating pool that, and all this craziness that you see out there, that's what you're looking for. That's what you're being entertained by. So you got to question yourself. Is it that social media is toxic or is it that your focus and your attention is toxic? At some point, you got to look at yourself. Social media doesn't doesn't work on its own. It feeds you that which you're seeking. Oh, boy, oh boy. All right. This next one. <laughs> all right. Vince says, simple question. Marvel or DC? I'm taking Marvel all day. It's Marvel all day. I'm at DC's not <laughs> touching it. DC is not touching it. And if y'all ever heard me talk before... I'm I'm Team Thor all day. Like if I was a superhero, that's me, all day mm -hmm. embodied. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I've always been team Marvel. I mean, there's a few DC cats that I rock with. As a kid, I was a huge comic book uh, collector and fan. Uh, but I've, uh, for the most part, I've, I've always been team Marvel. Always been a huge X Man, X Force, X Factor, all of those, you know, and and so on. I even still have the uh, when they did finally did the Marvel vs DC uh, collectors ones when they put those together and had a battle, which I still think was trash because too many DC people won their battles. But anyway, that's a whole another topic for another show. Well, 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 hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Since we both like X Men, which give me your number one or your top two uh gamut of wolverine oh man see that's why we rock together <laughs> you know what i'm saying so so number one for me is wolverine but number two is definitely gambit and i you know what i'm saying he come from where i come from so you know he got a little twang to him and he throw cards i if you ever see me walking around with a you know a deck of cards that's why i'm just kidding i ain't doing all that but uh yeah i don't i don't think they can be beat Nah, nah, nah. Oh, those are my boys for sure. Still upset with Fox on how they did the whole X-Men series. Too many people were playing characters that they should have been. Oh, facts. Again, another story for another day. All right. Next question is from Sarah. So I'm going to preface this because, Sarah, I don't think you're going to get the answer that you're searching for. You've sent this in a couple of times when we tell y'all sending in questions uh, for us to put on air. And the question is, what side do you think is to blame for inflation and the economy's decline? So first and foremost, y'all know I'm, I'm not huge into politics on this show. We, we don't do that here. Um, however, we, you've sent this question a couple of times, so I said, okay, we're going to answer this question. But to answer your question, neither side is to blame, as far as I see it. You can sit there pouring fingers all day. However, the blame for the economy is decline. is actually the people that vote, or more importantly, the people that refuse to vote. It's the people that abused their stimulus checks. It's the people that abused those PPP loans that everybody was scamming and scheming on. All of those people are are to blame for the economy's decline. Not one side of the uh, Senate or Congress, not which president you voted for, this, that, and the third. People have to understand this country runs on checks and balances. And in the past three, four years, there were a hell of an amount of checks written out. Trust and believe they're going to balance those books. I don't care who it was that wrote those checks, which president did it. They're going to balance those books. That's the way our country has operated since day one. And it's not going to change now. So you can try to point the finger. I don't care whether you follow CNN, Fox, whatever your affiliation is. You, you, you can save that for another day. The economy is declining because of the American people. You have too many people that abuse too much. They abuse too many resources during the height of the pandemic. They abused emergency funds that were given during the height of the pandemic. They abused each other during the height of the pandemic. And now we as a whole got to pay for it as things pick back up. And that's just the way this country works, plain and simple. There's no political science majors needed, no correspondence from the White House needed for that. That's just the way this country operates. 
that's what I got. Yeah. I, so, so I'm gonna take it a little somewhere different here, right? And I might hurt some feelings real quick. Um, but the 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 number one thing that came to mind when I hear this question is like, why do you care? Mm-hmm. It's just like the the overwhelming majority of people they always want to know, and I'm pretty sure whoever this was asked this question so they can go back to their friends and be like, look, Shannon and Corey said blah blah blah. But the real the real statement to this is like, why do you care? Because like there's so many people that well, who's who's the cause for the economy and all this stuff? And I agree with everything Shannon said. Like y'all, it's it's us. It's who voted, who didn't vote. Like who did we vote for? Y'all listening to Fox News being like, ah, I gotta go. I got to go vote for this one because he or she said whatever. I'm not going to vote for this one because they said that they, I ain't going to say, I ain't going to say too much. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Somebody got some emails, so I don't think they're fit to be a candidate. Come on, man. Some emails, really? Like, meanwhile, meanwhile, you was punching on your dog over there. So let me call Peter for you real quick. Um, But this is what I'm saying. Everybody that I always hear, like, bring this argument up or bring this conversation up, I'm like, you haven't even maximized your life to a point to where it even matters. Because guess what? And I'm not even trying to toot my horn. Inflation hit, and I'm fine. It could go up still. I'm fine. Why? Because I'm playing offense. And there's a lot of y'all that are sitting here like, oh, man, who's to blame for this? And while you worried about who's to blame for it, people over here winning. Shannon's over here winning. I'm over here winning. There's other people I know that's over there winning. And we're not even worried about inflation. When it starts to come down, cool. I looked at the price of my house, the, the tax uh, thing came in, and I was like, dang, my property my property tax went down. I was like, winning. But if it went up, I was fine. If it stayed flat, I was fine. But that's the problem that a lot of people have, and I'm not knocking anybody for trying to get it out the mud or where they are right now and try to better their life, but everybody who has that conversation has not maximized where they are, but they're worried about placing the blame on somebody. And y'all are trying to figure out who can I lean on to be like, this is why I'm in a situation? Nah, you're in this situation because of you and because you're not learning skills, because you're not pushing yourself out your comfort zone that you feel like people should just give you certain things. And we we heard y'all all through 2020 and stuff. Where the stimmies at? Give me the stimmy so you could go eat some crab legs or something with your family. <laughs> nah, go use the stimmy for something that you could have done something with. You know what the stimulus came to me? When I got it, it went straight into a savings account, and then I did something with it after that. Why? Because I'm playing offense, and y'all still so stuck in who's doing what. That Man, look, I'm going to just say, it's a, it's a very broke conversation to have because I've never sat in a room with somebody who has something, and we talking about who's to blame for the position that we're in right now. All the conversation is, what are we doing from here? Uh you know, I, I'm sorry. I had to laugh when you said the crab legs, man. Oh, man. The amount of people. Look, I'm saying they didn't have nothing left in the sea when them stimmies came out. Oh, boy. We were just laughing about that not too long ago. But, yeah, man, like it's 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 crazy. The amount of people who didn't vote or the amount of people who don't vote in their best interest, you know, they, they vote based on whether it's hate or bigotry or just simply their skin color, whatever the case may be, and then complain later. You're you're part of the blame for that. It's not just one person. It's not just one party. There is plenty of blame to go all around. Sure, there are certain people you could blame a little more than others, but what role did you play? Did you vote? Did you encourage people to vote? Have you voted in not just for the president? Do you vote in your state elections? 
Do you vote in your city elections? Do you vote for the school board? Hell, your city council. See, it's it's a long line of people that you should have voted for and should have been paying attention to before you get to your president. But people don't pay attention to that. They just wait until the presidential election and then wait until something goes wrong so they can place all of the blame there. It's a whole line of people before that. And if you're not doing your job and that's the only election you pay attention to, then I'm sorry, you to blame for it. You part of the blame for it. Bruh, the amount of people that I hear that, and I had to get on my mama about this. So if you're listening, I'm sorry for telling your business. She was getting her hair done one day. This was like a couple of years ago. They had that local elections for Louisiana and stuff. And uh, she was like, nah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just wait to the, for, the, for the presidential election. And I was like, what? That's a, honest, honestly, if you really want to be worried about something, let's talk about your governor. Let's talk about mm. let's talk about your mayor. Let's talk about your your state representatives, your Congress members, like stuff like that. And folks are so worried about man the, what the president is doing. Meanwhile, your your local representatives are the one that's really putting you in a bind. Exactly, exactly. You got people on city council for the last twenty years, been stealing money from the city, and y'all worried about if a president gonna send another stimulus check. Meanwhile, your city has been running at a deficit for the last 20 years because of crooked city council members. Right. Because you, you keep putting a mayor in because they're popular and everybody knows their family in the city. Knowing good and well, they've been embezzling. They're not doing anything for the schools. You're talking about your child not doing this, this, and this. When last time you been to a school board meeting and voted for your school board superintendent? There, there's so many things wrong with this economy and this country as a whole. But like I said, people just want to sit and look at one person so they can point a finger at that one person. The president is is way more problems. That person, whoever it is at any given time, has to worry about, you know, like, come on, man. Y'all got to cut this nonsense out. And I can say if you want to feed into the the stuff based off of you watching one particular news source, then that tells me all I need to know about you. Bruh, Shannon, I, I promise you, I just glanced down at my phone. And look, I'm going to just be real with y'all. So I, I did some update on my phone. Some news app came in because I don't really watch the news like that. And that thing mm-hmm. said, breaking news, Joe Biden slipped and fell at getting off of something. Or what. Why do I care? Exactly. Why you feed me this? Go on, you're going to mess around and get deleted off my phone. I got to figure out how to get that off. Why I care about if Joe Biden slipped and fell? <laughs> it's crazy, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to our break. We'll be right back. This break is brought to you by the CEO within you. Looking to achieve greater success in your personal and professional life? Look no further than success is within reach. Your go-to digital store for top quality eBooks, how-to guides, articles, and resource listings for professional development, leadership development, and financial literacy. With a wide range of expertly curated content, success is within reach is the perfect destination for anyone seeking to unlock their full potential and reach new heights of achievement. Whether you're an aspiring leader, an ambitious entrepreneur, or looking to improve your financial literacy and learn how to leverage your finances and credit, our store has everything you need to succeed. 
all of our content offers valuable insights, strategies, and expert advice on a variety of topics. So why wait? Take the first step towards achieving your goals and realizing your full potential. Visit the Success is Within Reach digital store and start creating the blueprint for your success. Welcome back. Welcome back. Once again, this is the Successes Within Reach podcast, season four, episode six, questions from the audience. Joined again by my brother, Mr. Korsik, you. All right, let's get back into it. So Latrice says, why do men always say nothing or I'm good when we ask what's wrong? Clearly, we can tell something is wrong by how quiet you are all of a sudden. Ooh, so, <laughs> all right, this is about to get a little deep. So it really just depends on what is the environment that, that this person is living in. This is for man or woman, to be honest with you. What's the environment, right? Because if a dude's always saying, if a man is always saying, man, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, does he feel safe enough to be able to divulge that information? Um, a lot of times he doesn't feel safe or he feels like he may seem some type of way. We go back to that alpha situation. People, people always saying, well, a man's not supposed to divulge his feelings. And in a minute where we do, they'd be like, Oh, with your soft self. And you'd be like, well, golly, I tried to open up and this is what I get. Um, you know, so it just depends on the situation. The other part is, is, and a shout out to Jay Shetty because I was reading his book. It's like the, the eight, the eight rules of love or something like that. And he said, you need to understand your partner's, battle language uh and he was like when y'all get in an argument or when something happens in life or something like that you have to understand how this person responds to it are they the type of person where like for me for example they're like let's talk it out right now are they the type of person that has to reserve themselves or say like hey let me think about this for a little bit let me process it then we can talk it through so i have to understand what my what my partner's battle language is basically so if i keep coming at whoever i'm with and they're, and they're like something's wrong okay let's talk about it right now and i know they they need time to process it i got i have to meet them where they are so i think that's the biggest thing for me is have you cultivated the environment for him to actually express his feelings and then also do you understand how he expresses his feelings because otherwise than that then yeah you're gonna get i'm good or you know everything's fine or something like that because he's trying to be tough manly man all the time because he doesn't feel like he can let that guard down mm. So I thought about this a little bit different, Latrice. Um, number one, all men are, aren't complex. I'm going to say the majority of men are actually pretty simple. And sometimes guys are quiet and they're chilling, and it's just that. <laughs> it's not anything wrong because we're quiet. So You got some guys that are very extroverted and they always something to talk about, you know, their life at a party type cast. You got some that are super introverted. They're not going to say much unless you bring up a conversation or unless they really have something to talk about. And then I feel like most probably fall somewhere in the middle of that. But just because your man is quiet doesn't mean something is wrong. That's, that's something I feel like people, I'm not going to say women. I feel like people have to unlearn because this is for both men and women. Just because your partner is quiet doesn't always mean that something is wrong. Some people actually enjoy peace and quiet, believe it or not. Sometimes you just want to chill. 
don't think about anything, don't talk about anything, don't even have the TV on. Sometimes you just sit in the room or, or you might go sit outside or on the on the deck or whatever the case may be and just enjoying life for that moment, the, the peace and stillness, you know. Um, so don't always jump to something that's wrong because your partner is quiet. Now, if your partner is awkwardly quiet, it's been a whole day and they're not talking. You know, it's been two, three days. I then that's a whole nother ball game. And then I would have to go towards what Corey was saying. Is it the environment? Have have you not created an environment where your partner trusts you to be vulnerable? Or is it that your partner hasn't learned how to be vulnerable due to whether either past trauma or either past um, lack of communication skills being taught or being shared? Um, see, in life, you got to think about it. Everybody comes from a different background. And if a person came from a household where their value, their opinion wasn't valued, their thoughts and dreams weren't valued, or they came from a, a household where they were always told, stay in a child's place, don't talk around the adults. People, people harbor that. If they never go and talk to anybody to say, hey, actually, that wasn't wrong. You should have had somebody to listen to you. Kids do need uh, an open space to talk. Teenagers definitely need an open space to talk. But if your partner had a parent or parents or an environment where they were never allowed to talk or where when they did speak, it wasn't valued, they learn to just push that down. They learn to push that down and push it down and push it down. They have their own thoughts within themselves, sure, but they learn to not share with other people. And that's not a knock against you. Sometimes it could be that something happened in, in you all's relationship to where they feel like you haven't given them a space to be open and vulnerable. But a, a lot of times it could be that person not dealing with the way they were brought up or, like I said, a traumatic experience that they had in which they opened up and then later on say the person used it against them or the person went and blabbed and told everybody. So they, they you know, kind of shell up and, and start putting that wall up saying, all right, well, I'm never going to you know, share my thoughts, my fears, my hopes, my dreams with another person. So don't always take it personal and, and you know, just be like, all right, well, what's going on? You you too quiet. Oh, you quiet all of a sudden. What's wrong? Sometimes nothing could just be nothing. And then sometimes nothing could be something deeper rooted and another problem that needs to be discovered and talked about. Um, so I say think about all of those different options, but I promise you, depending on what time of day it is, especially if, if that man just got off work, th those few moments of peace and quiet, he's just chilling. There's <laughs> nothing wrong and it's not you. He's just chilling. If the game is on, he's just chilling. If he just had a long day, he's just chilling. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. I hope to answer your question a little bit, you know, and gave you a few things to think about. But it's not always something wrong. <laughs> they over there stressing, Shannon. She's like, man, does he still love me? <laughs> Meanwhile, he over there like, man, Buffalo Wild Wings got a special tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he think about the NBA championship starting. You know what I mean? Right. He like, man, Jalen Brown fumbled a bag, man. You over here wondering, <laughs> wondering what you did. Oh, boy. 
All right, next up, we got Howard. Howard, great question, great question. He says, what are your top five movies of all time? Ooh, um, <clears throat> all right, let me think about right. this. So number one, first and foremost, is Gladiator. Mm. Um, phenomenal movie, in my opinion. Uh, number two is going to be... Ooh. Man, you might have had to send me this one earlier, man. I think number two. So this is no particular order, though, but this is 300. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I could watch 300 any day. Not the second one. That one was trash. The first one. No, uh, no. The second one, I'm really not sure what they did. They were like, we have a budget. Let's do something with it. Um, that's like one in business. They try to just spill some money so they can get the budget next year. Yeah. Um, so. I would say I love Inception. Mm. Inception was a really good movie. Um, dang, I got like a Rolodex in my head. I'm trying to go through it. Like, what I'm gonna place in my top five right now? <laughs> I mean, you always gonna leave something out when it comes to movies. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, so this is this is gonna be a little bit different for y'all. This is gonna show y'all wanted to know a little bit about us. Obviously, this gonna Finding Nemo is definitely up there. Mm. Um, I think I think phenomenal movie with principles that we can mm-hmm. all learn from. Um, and then I would probably say my final one is uh, I'm gonna have to put Benjamin Button up there. I really liked it. It's long as hell, but it's up there. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard anybody put Benjamin Button in their top five. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. So for me, it's the same thing in no particular order, because I, I don't know that I could ever rank my top five movies. Uh, but most definitely Goodfellas is on that list. Um, uh, one of those movies that I, I could watch at any time and it'll be just like the first time I saw it. Um, a surprise pick maybe for some people, but it's one of my all time favorite movies, Crooklyn. Mm. I absolutely love Crooklyn. Uh, the soundtrack, phenomenal. The storyline, phenomenal. Seeing when the times are, you know, really about the strength of family and togetherness and working together through hard times and overcoming pitfalls. I love it. Um, at one time, hell, I think I knew the movie word for word. <laughs> um, you know, and that, that movie holds a place in my heart because that was the last movie I saw in the theater with my grandmother. Um, so, yeah, Goodfellas, Crooklyn, um, Scarface. Mm-hmm. Scarface, gotta be in there. Um, man, oh man. Let's see, I got two more. Uh, Renaissance Man. Mm hmm. Excellent movie. Um, and man, oh man, I don't know. Like I said, this is another one. Depending on when you ask me, it'll probably change. But um, the one that pops my mind right now is A Perfect World. It's a Kevin yeah. Costner movie. Really dope movie. And I feel bad for leaving Day of Presidents off. But yeah, I'm going to go to Perfect yeah. World. <laughs> man, I can, uh, matter of fact, when you say that, I can give a little line up real quick, though. For those of you who don't know, that means a little extra in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this old football start talking talking to me, and I got I have to go with uh, remember the Titans. I can quote that thing front to back. Mm. Um, mm. And then it would be a uh, Friday Night Lights, man. You know, and when, as soon as you said football, I thought of Gridiron Gang. Absolutely love that movie as well. That one surprisingly was good. I was like, this is about yeah. to be corny as hell. <laughs> All right. Great question, Howard. Great question. All right, so next up, we got Dwayne. Dwayne says, who's on your Mount Rushmore of leaders and why? Ooh. Um, Heck of a question. That's tough. Um, I have to go with... Man, it's like a tie. Can I do like one A, one B? Like half a face I for mean, each of them? No, nah, you got four choices. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Man. Shoot. That's a tough one. You got yours? Um I mean, it's it's so many people. And then he just said a Mount Rushmore of leaders. Of leaders, right. Um, like that's so like, no time frame or anything. Um I mean I could put Malcolm X on that list. That was gonna be one. Um I could put President Obama on that list. Um oh and he said and why. Uh so Malcolm X would be on there because of what he stood for, his principles. Um he didn't flip flop. He knew what he what he stood for. He meant what he said, and he said what he meant, um, what he meant to his people, and then later what he meant to all people. Um, you know, and despite everything that was being thrown at him during a very violent time, he still stood on it. You know, outstanding leader, uh, President Obama. I feel like, despite what he did as far as uh, politically or, or government wise, he will always have my utmost respect to be the leader of the so-called free world and do it with humility and grace and swag in the midst of the attacks on your family and not fold. That's a type of leadership. I don't know that I'll ever reach that level because I'm going to tell you now, I'm not built like that. You come in my family, especially in my wife. I don't care about these suits, the title, this, none of that stuff. It's all the popping. Like the way he conducted himself, not for one, but two terms. Didn't fold, didn't budge, didn't let his anger show, didn't let them get the best of him, still kept his agenda, still stayed cool, calm, and collected. And then what he stood for, for so many generations, you know, there were people that never thought, you know, and I'm talking about the generation from the 40s, 50s, and 60s, a black president was unheard of. You know, and for those in the 70s, 80s and 90s, they thought maybe they still never get to see it in, in their lifetime. So what he symbolized for so many and now you have generations of black and brown kids 
that feel like it's not just a pipe dream. I actually could become president, you know, and now little girls saying that they could, you know, with Madam VP to to be that beacon of light, that beacon of hope, man, it's, it's just amazing. Um, let's see. Huey Newton is probably going to be on there for me. Uh, once again, seeing what was going on, not just in his community, but with his people and saying, you know, if no one else is going to take that stand and, and be the voice and put a plan, not just create a plan, but put a plan in action, then I'll do it. See, a lot of people love talking about what needs to be done, but very few are going to say, all right, you know what the hell with it. If nobody's going to do it, I'm going to do it. Everybody loves saying what somebody else should do. How many times in the workplace do people sit around in the break room, you know, complaining and complaining and complaining? Who's going up to the manager's office? Who's going to the HR office? Nobody. People talk about what's going on in the schools. Why not sign up for the school board? Nothing. People talk about what's going on in their city and their state. Why not run for office? Nothing. Like, what he did, what he started, that movement that later turned, that movement in his city that turned into a movement across the country, and then the programs that they created, that although we know certain powers that be stolen and claimed that they created it, we know where they really came from. Like, the impact that he's left on this world is, it, like, it, you can't do anything with it, man. You can't do anything with it. Um, and then number four is, I, I don't know. It, it's hard, man. <laughs> It'd be hard for me to think of a fourth one. Uh, but definitely those are the, the top three that pop up in my head. I have to think a little bit for a fourth one. What you got? Yeah. So I'm going to say, so I definitely have to go with Obama. Uh, and I agree with wholeheartedly everything that you said. Um, I also think, especially going through that magnitude of media and scrutiny for two terms, uh, holding your grace. I, I think when you think about when you think about leadership competencies, my man showed off the charts all of them. Right, the leadership maturity, the emotional intelligence, like not wavering when. You know, he could be popping off about people talking about him. I mean, for God's sake, we were clowning, not we, but people were trying to clown him about, oh, the president should never wear a tan suit. Like, come on, man. And he rocked the, he rocked the hell out of that thing. <laughs> um, I'm like, come, is this what we got to where we talking about a president not being able to wear a tan suit? We care about that? Um, but then I also think about like the elevation around him where I mean, his wife putting them like putting her in a position to do really do work. Like, to be honest with you, I think. And some of y'all might kill me for it, but I think about what the other first ladies may have done. I can't necessarily name stuff that they've done out since uh, JFK mm. and his wife um, and her, you know, her being part of like an actual movement and doing certain things or whatnot. But um, even with her, the changes that she was trying to make, I feel like a lot of times our first ladies is just like, hey, that's who we have. They just, you know, they just kind of existing during this term. Um, 
even his kids. I mean, I mean, we we know his kids. I mean, they're still in the news, you know, as far as like what they've done. So, I mean, that to be honest with you, that that's still pretty cool that he even provided that platform for them to still be talked about. Now, not all media is good media, but then at the same time, we never hear them. We hear them like have petty stuff. I think they said like one of his daughters was, uh, I think was was maybe a lesbian or something like that. And I'm like, again, why do we care about this? Um, however, y'all still talking about it. So if she ever decides to do something or create a movement, something like that, she has y'all ear. Um, so you talked about the Black Panthers, and I think for me it would be uh, Fred Hampton. Mm. And so it's. Like when I looked into Fred Hampton, I was like, man, this guy had a lot of characteristics. I guess I have a lot of characteristics like him. Like when I think about um, like being an orator, right? Like we think about Malcolm X, we think about MLK, we think about Fred Hampton. You know, you talked about Huey. Um, it It's it's almost like it's embraced in us sometimes or like it's an ingrained in us sometimes that that we are a unit like we can unify people and that's what i looked at him is like at 21 years old that's real tough to do what he did at 21 years old i wasn't thinking about doing nothing remotely about what he was trying to do right putting people together fighting for what's right like like and had diverse groups of people like he didn't just he wasn't just like i got all black people in the room that's cool like no he had a diverse group of people that were backing him even though he was a black panther and i think some people don't realize that They'll be like, oh, well, you, he just got other black people to buy in. Now nah, he had white white folks. He had Hispanic people. Like he had a ton of people that backed him and what he, you know, stood for. Um, I think for three, man, and this this kind of way it gets tough though. Mm-hmm. I think for three, I gotta go Nelson Mandela. Mm. Cause it's like another oh, wow. one. He was about that life. Yeah. And he he was fighting at apartheid. And and honestly, how how many of our elective officials right now, if they were facing 20 years of jail, would be like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you they're going to be like, whoa, wait a minute. It's not true. All that stuff. He was really about that life and fought it. And again, you think about he was doing that since 18. Yeah. And it's like. What were y'all, what like, what were we really thinking about at 18? Like, I was trying to figure life out, and he was trying to fight for a people. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was trying to fight for a country and what was right and, like, the discrimination and all that stuff. Um, so I, I definitely have to put Nelson Mandela up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to deviate a little bit from, like, your traditional, quote, unquote, leader with, like, that position of power or something like that. And I got to say Denzel Washington. Mm. Um, and the reason I say that is because when I really researched Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington is the reason why we have the majority of the black actors we have in America today. Um, okay. We don't have a Chadwick Boseman without Denzel Washington. Like, I don't mm. know if any if y'all know the story, but basically Chadwick, he couldn't afford to go to, to acting school. Pretty much. He was funded by Denzel in some program and ends up going to school. Now we got black Panther. Now we have, uh, well, what's the, the baseball Jackie Robinson movie, right? Like we have like Chadwick was really on the up and up and a, a bunch of different actors have talked about the impact that he's helped with them. And it's like, he put himself, I, I have to respect somebody being, being attentive to themselves 
putting himself on a pedestal and then coming back and being like, y'all come with me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was Idris Damson was saying the other day was he said, basically, I looked up to Denzel. And then he said, once he got with um, Snowfall and all those other like shows and movies that he was doing, he was like, he finally was able to meet with Denzel. And he said, basically, when y'all saw Snowfall really start to take off is because I got with Denzel. And it's like, man, it's that's crazy to think about. Like, people want to be around you. Y'all even think about that that Will Smith slap, right? Denzel goes over to him and and like has a heart to heart. Like, how many how many celebrities really took the time to be like, yo, let me go check him or let me go see about him, right? I think that's real leadership. Where in the moment you're not afraid to really go and move like that. He could be like, oh, this the Oscars or whatever it was, the Grammys, whatever it was. I, I think it was the Oscars, and um. He could be like, man, that ain't my problem. But mm. as a leader, he gets up and says, I'm going to go address that situation. You know? And then let me think about the fifth one. I don't know if you thought about any any since then, but my fifth one. Man, you know what? I'm going to have to go with my mama. <laughs> okay. My mama. Let me talk to y'all real quick. So I'm from a small town in Louisiana, right? And I really, I truly believe like your exposure to certain things is the reason why you get certain places in life. And so for her, and I had this conversation with her the other day. Um, and I, you know, this was kind of me like inspiring her to be like, look, look at what you've done with your life. And a lot of people get attached to their kids. And and if you've ever seen me on stage, you've heard me talk about like basically how I wrote a letter to her when I was 16 years old. I was selling some things I shouldn't have sold, hanging around some people I shouldn't have been hanging around, right? So she didn't really think I was gonna be about that particular life. But for her to see a kid through college, to see her kid become an entrepreneur and be on stages and impacting people and elevating people's life and all that stuff, for her to do that, without knowing how to get someone to do that. Like, it's real easy when you look at a family household and like, I, I, I think about one of my best friends, every single person in his household is a doctor. But mm -hmm. to, to me, like, yes, work has to happen to become a doctor, but everyone in the household could just help out everybody else. If my daddy was a doctor, he can help guide me how I can become a whatever doctor that I want. And if my brother's a doctor, they can both help me. And if I'm a doctor, all three of us can help my younger brother. And if we're all doc like, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if I'm in, if my dad's an engineer, he can probably help me figure out how to become an engineer. And so when you think about hers, she helps guide someone and really just like inspires me, pushes me to at minimum do better in my life. When she doesn't know what that looks like. She doesn't, she can't tell me how to get there. She can't tell me what mm -hmm. steps to take or you need to study for this or whatever. Uh, shout out to my aunt because I didn't even know you were supposed to take an ACT to go to college, right? My mama mm -hmm. didn't know that information. I was the first person to graduate from college in my family. But it's like for her to really to really not know certain things and then move in this way and build somebody up into that space, man, I got to put on the Mount Rushmore because something has to be said for somebody that lacks information to still push somebody to get to a certain level. Yo, that's, that's next level. Okay. Okay. Um, so number four, um, I would have to say it would be Jackie Robinson. Um, again, when I think of a person who was in a time period 
where they did something that impacted generations that they were never even going to be here to see. And the drama, the chaos, the violence, the pitfalls that he had to endure and say, I'm going to keep pushing because this is bigger than me. This is greater than me. Um, in some cases, showing people live in that moment, just because they act like this, you don't have to stoop to their level. Um, I, I got to put him up there as well. You know, um, people always talk about him breaking the color barrier for baseball. But like I said, what he did impacted millions of people for ages and still does. And it was so much bigger than baseball. So much bigger than baseball. <sighs> Um, and a fifth one, man, it's, it's so many people I could put in there. It's hard, bro. <laughs> it's hard taking it out. I would have probably like a four or five way tie for that. <laughs> That's hard. Oh, man. All right, let's get to the last one. So last one comes from Ashton. Ashton said, what's the best and worst piece of advice that you've received as an entrepreneur? Ooh. I'm going to go with the Great worst. question. Yeah, I'm going to go with the okay. worst piece of advice. Um, is that basically and and I, I agree to it to an extent, but the, the way that it was delivered was incorrect. And it was pretty much that unless you unless you have the resources to become an entrepreneur that's the only way you'll be successful and as i've got into the field and i've and i've like built my own business it, it i can't there's a certain extent right and i and i told y'all i agree to it a little bit but here's the thing you're never lacking the resources because you are the resource and you have mm -hmm. to figure out how to do certain things and none of these people who became entrepreneurs, whether it be Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, whoever, they all had to, they were the resource because they weren't just gifted. Now, some people were, they weren't just gifted this large lump sum of money. They said, hey, go do this, whatever. And then their business just skyrockets to the moon. Most people, when you read into stories, they didn't have anything when they created their business. And so they were the resource. And so that's why I say I can't disagree with it more than than anything in life is because when you're an entrepreneur really you're just a problem solver that's like literally the key so you you formed a business you said this is the thing that i'm going to solve for them and come hell or high water i'm going to figure out how to solve it to the best of my ability um yeah you might not have a million dollars set aside for for r d you might not have five hundred thousand dollars to do a marketing campaign or something like that but you can surely figure out how to get $75 from somewhere. You can surely do some work to where you can you can do some some research and development for 150 bucks and then you scale mm -hmm. it and then you sell one product and then you you flip it into another product. I'm giving y'all too much game. Now you flip it to another product, right? And then you just keep building on top of that and then your prices start going up. That on another time, I guess. Like your price should really be your price. Me and you agree on that though, Shannon. Um, but sure. none of these 97% off for Memorial Day sales. Um, why am I paying? Why, why am I paying this much for it anyway? If it's 97% off, but um, exactly. like that, that's the worst piece of advice I've ever heard from anybody. And to be honest with you, if I were to tell people that in itself, imagine how many people 
wouldn't go after their dream because they're like, I don't have these things. And I even listened to people that said, I can't go into business and I can't build the business because I don't have the resources and I have to talk them out of it because you are the resource. Go figure it out. Like there's so many ways to, to, to build your business, to build your brand, to elevate yourself, like to put your business on a, you know, in, in a higher standing than just, do I have money? Do I have the resources? Do I know the right people? Like, I mean, mm. hell, Shannon, what? Six years ago, I didn't even know who you were, mm-hmm. you know? And then you run across paths and then you start talking to people and you're like, you know what? We got some stuff in common. We think alike or we can help each other, those types of things. I've met people, I've met people now that I'm just like, bro, I never, I never thought that I could until I reached a certain status, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so I would say the best piece of advice for me is and and we talked about this on a comment uh because i said i wish i could go back and tell myself like embrace the patient impatience that you have is to enjoy the process um and i battle with a lot of people about that because i think that's a great piece of advice because you get to see like there's a lot of parents out there who have kids and you get to see your baby grow you get to see your business grow and you look back. Somebody just sent me a video that I did, I think three years ago. And they were like, yo, you were in your car and you had the camera held up and all that other stuff. And it was like, I wasn't doing, you know, I didn't have a crew filming me or something like that. Like I didn't have people setting up lights and chopping up stuff and all that stuff. Like, and you look back at that and you're like, man, I really grew. Like I I'm now in a position to do this particular thing. I used to, I used to film it on the grainy, the camera, right? Like I used to have a random background like this behind me at a certain point. I never thought I would even have that, but Mm -hmm. it's like enjoying that process of like seeing like, man, last year, this is what I did. This year is where I am now. Last year I made X amount. This year I made X amount. Last year I didn't know this type of information or these, I, I didn't know this network of people. And it's like just enjoying that process and not getting so caught up in your head of like, you need to be there right now. Uh, because one day you're going to look back and if you did have it right now, you're not going to enjoy it as much to where we talked about EYL earlier. I can only imagine how both of them are, are truly living in the moment because they're like, man, I, I remember when we just had two microphones and two random cameras set up, you know, trying to get our podcast done. And I think that's a big piece of what what people in general need to learn right now is like embrace that process, enjoy the process, reflect on your process and like celebrate those wins that's happening because, man, one day you're going to look back and you're going to be like, man, I really came from here and it's it's going to be well worth it. No doubt. Um, for me, best piece of advice I would say I received as an entrepreneur um, is there's no such thing as I don't have anything to do. You know, if you are truly trying to build a business, build a brand, uh, build a product, build and scale a product, whatever the case may be. There's no such thing as I don't have anything to do today. If you don't have any clients, are you doing professional development? Are you tweaking your website? Are you tweaking your product? Are you expanding your service? Are you out there prospecting? Uh, Hell, are you going old school and cold calling people? There's always something to do. There's no such thing as, oh, it's a chill day. I don't have any clients. I don't have nothing to do. Um, So I would probably say that's the best, uh, worst piece of advice I received as an entrepreneur. 
would probably be that you have to be on social media five times a day to oh, scale yeah. your business. Lord have mercy. Um, I think that's the absolute dumbest thing I've ever heard because any given time, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever you're on can crash. It can go down. Um, as we can see, as we've seen now, the government can try to interfere with it even being available where you are. If that platform goes down, are you telling me you just gonna be like, well, I guess I'm done with my business. Let me go and, and get a job working wherever. Really? If, if that's all it takes, you're not an entrepreneur to start with. As Mark Cuban said, you're an entrepreneur. Um, and you don't have to be on social media all day long. Learn how to build your business offline and you won't have to worry about when a site goes down. You won't have to worry about a number of followers. You won't have to worry about the algorithm changing. You won't have to worry about do I have to type out stuff or do I have to do videos? Build your business. You don't see uh, um, all of the people on the Forbes list sitting on social media every day worrying about likes and followers and, and shares and what the algorithm is about to change to first of the month. Nobody cares about that. Why? Because they're too busy building their business and making money. <laughs> So I would say that's that's probably the worst piece of advice I received as an entrepreneur. And it's crazy because the person that told me that their business isn't even still in business. So that makes it even oh, worse. Lord. So yeah, you know what's funny though, I was, Shannon, is I've made more money offline through genuine meeting people or like shaking hands with folks than I have online. Facts. Yeah. So I would say that's that's yeah that's the best and worst piece of advice I've gotten as an entrepreneur. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what an episode! What an episode! Once again, you all didn't let us down. You said to us some questions we can have some fun with. You know, uh, we love knowing these, so continue to send your questions in again. Um, in our Facebook community, just send them in the inbox, uh, www.facebook.com slash podcast. Make sure you hit the, the follow button and then you can inbox us and we'll get them in on future episodes. Um, or you can send them on Instagram as well, not a problem. Uh, make sure when you're streaming that you hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, whatever, on all major social media. I mean, not social media, all po major podcast <laughs> platforms. Uh, usually I leave you all with a mind shift moment. But for this week, I'm going to pass the mic to my brother and let him leave you all with this week's mind shift moment. Yeah. So, oh, you put me on the spot, too. Look at that. Um, so I think I think um, the theme throughout this entire podcast that I was listening to right now is that you truly need to get to know somebody. Right. And I've learned some things even on here from Shannon that I'm like, oh, OK, we're, we're even more like than I thought. And so that's the that's the one thing is like I want you to truly make some genuine connections this week. I want you to make some genuine connections in your life. And realize that all connections aren't going to work, right? He, you put that video up one time about um, Tyler Perry saying, you know, everybody's not meant to come to, you know, to come with you. But the thing is, is you still need to get out there and actually go meet the people to see where they can take you. And so that, you know, that I think that's the biggest mind shift moment for this week is to get out there, 
meet some people who can help you meet some people that you can help and as always like if you listen to me talk at the end of my podcast check that out that's elevation change um at the end of any of my videos is the fact that we all need to become someone that somebody else can lean on and so you you're listening to this podcast right now you, you're tuned into all the resources go to the website by the resources but at the end of the day is you have to build yourself up and i think even i think even in our biggest piece of advice and worst piece of advice that theme was still ringing true you still need to become someone that somebody else can lean on Right, all right, and that has been this week's Mind Shift Moment. Remind them one more time before we get out of here where they can find you out there. Yeah, so you can find me on all social media platforms at Corey Sigu. Uh, website is CoreySigu.com. Uh, and y'all check out the, the podcast, right? Like after you check this one out, every Wednesday I prep y'all basically for your successes within recession. It's going to come out for y'all. It's 30 minutes. Y'all just take a little listen. But we're talking leadership, self-development, building yourself up um and then you come over to successes within reach and continue to build yourself so y'all check that out we're on all platforms youtube spotify apple music uh google Podcasts, amazon um y'all do me a favor give me send me some reviews all right all right and as always i'm your host shannon smith you can find me on instagram at the underscore ceo underscore within or you can contact my company the ceo within you for all of your business and marketing needs you can reach us at www.theceowithinyou.com and you can catch me here thursdays on the successes within reach podcast where i remind you that you were not designed to be good you were designed to be great and with that i say stay safe out there and i'll see you next week you have just tuned into the Success is Within Reach podcast, hosted by Shannon Smith, where each week we discuss impactful topics and bring you proven solutions to help you create the blueprint to your success. Your success. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and join our new Patreon community for more exclusive content and extras. Remember, success is always within reach. All you have to do is take the first step. Until next time.